Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. I want to read a scripture first to lay a foundation, and I want us to go to yeah, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 17. And please understand, I'm not trying to be judgmental today. I'm only here trying to help all of us to live a life that is pleasing to God, okay? Can I hear an amen? amen? So in whatever I say, I'm not coming across in a way that is trying to judge anybody. But the word is a living person. And it divides between the bone and the marrow. So as the word is being preached, if you're getting pricked or something hap is happening and making you uncomfortable or making you comfortable... It's the word that is working in your hearts and you've got to allow the word to work in you so that you can become a better child of God. Amen. So look at verse 17. This is what the Lord says. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father unto you and you shall be sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. God is a jealous God. Can I hear an Amen. God is a jealous God and he says, I do not like contamination. I do not like compromise. I do not like double-mindedness. God expects us to be completely and totally sold out to him without compromising our faith, our morals, or our ethics. Can I get an amen on this? So let me read this also from another version that might give you a better understanding. It says, so leave, this is the message translation, so leave the corruption and compromise, leave it for good, says God. You know, sometimes we dilly-dally and we sometimes we are in the church, then the other times there we are in places where we're not supposed to be. Sometimes we're worshiping God with all our heart, with our hands lifted up and singing loud, uh, uh, loudly the songs of praise and worship, but then we're also found in places where other gods are worshipped. And we are found in, in, doing, in being involved in practices that do not, are not accepted by God where it is related to worshipping other gods and goddesses. So be careful. He says, Let, leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Do not link up with those who pollute you. Do not link up with those who pollute you. I want you all for myself. Hallelujah. God is a jealous God. Amen. I, I'll be a father to you and you'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master God. This is the word of the master, the God Almighty. Okay. Now, we're referring to what? The Valentine's Day. I don't know how many of you have really under, do understand what Valentine's Day is. And I think most of you would never bother to really check out what it really means and what is the significance behind this. But all you know is it's a day of expression of love and more essentially romance. So everything is connected to romance. And so I want you to get a good picture of what I'm about to say. But let me give you some background to this. <clears throat> Valentine's Day is a holiday uh, when lovers express their affection with greetings and gifts. Underline the word lovers, okay? That's the essence of this thing. Give it, it has been suggested that the holiday has origins, this is what I want you to get, 
the or, has origins in a Roman festival of Lupercalia held in mid-February. The festival which celebrated the coming of spring included fertility rites and pairing off, watch this, pairing off of women with men by lottery. These are the origins of Valentine's Day. So be careful. If you call yourself a Christian, you better understand what you're actually getting into before you start you know, blindly celebrating with everybody and arguing with us and saying, is it wrong? Is it sinful? It's not the question of whether it's wrong or sinful. Don't forget the truth that God is a jealous God and he does not tolerate that. See, if I'm around with my wife and somebody comes along and another guy who looks smart and good and he's having his hand over her, he says, nothing harmful. You think I'm going to be calm and quiet on the inside? I'll be boiling on the inside. I might not yet lose my cool, but I can't express it really openly, but I'm getting really hot on the inside and I'm trying to punch his lights out, right? So, you know, I want you to get that picture of God, okay? Are, are you with me, everybody? Okay, so this is something I want you to get and understand, okay? The festival which celebrated the coming of spring included fertility rites and pairing off of women with men by lottery. At the end of the 5th century, Pope Galatius said, I forbid the celebration of Lupercalia and, and is sometimes attributed with, replace, he replaced it with St. Valentine's Day. But, you know, so it goes on and on. I mean, there's so much to this, but look at this. Um, okay, this one. I want to read this part and then we'll get into it. There are accounts that that say or suggest that St. Valentine of Terni, a bishop for whom the holiday was named, Though it is possible the two saints were actually one person, another common legend says that St. Valentine defied the emperor's orders and secretly married couples to spare the husbands from war. It is for this reason that this feast is associated with love. So whatever all said and done, this has to do with love. And more so with the romantic kind of love. Okay, now is it wrong? Let's examine what the Bible says. Let's look at a few things. Again, I mean, we can't do an exhaustive study, but I, I want to touch on a, some, some aspects of it so you get a better understanding. Now, re, we've been on a study on increase, but today we have stopped that to give you all an understanding and uh, some light on what this Valentine's celeb Day celebration really is and how much of it will you be involved in, you know? And not questioning whether it's good, bad, or ugly, whether it is sinful or not sinful. But the question we ask is, is it pleasing to my father? Come on, can I get an amen on that? Is it pleasing to my father? Okay, now, as we said, it depicts love and essentially romance. <clears throat> and it's celebrated by giving presents, by uh, exchanging cards, and having special Oh, uh, parties and stuff and celebrations in the day. But most people really don't understand what love is. They have a limited understanding of love, which does not help in establishing lasting relationships built on genuine love. What is really love is what we need to question, what we need to understand. So today I would like to take some time to examine this whole subject of love. Let's go into it. In the Greek... The word love in English 
has several words in Greek. In fact, most of us, we know that there are three words, but if you actually study, there are about seven to eight words that can be translated as love in Greek. Okay, seven to eight different words that express love, and they're all different shades of love. Okay, the first one that we talk about today, and about about because it's about romance, is the word eros. The first, it stands for sexual romantic love. That's what it depicts: sexual romantic love, and eros is the kind of love mostly known by the world. This love is what generally motivates people. The second word is philia. It refers to affection between friends. And out of this word was coined the name Philadelphia in America, which is called the city of brotherly love. Okay. So eros and philia have others as their focus. Somebody is loving someone else. They both can be motivated by... Watch this. They both can be motivated by self-interest, self-gratification, and self-protection. So there is, although this is a love, this love is being birthed out of my gratification. I am trying to express my love to please myself. Is everybody getting this? All right. They are both the kind of love that is designed to satisfy the desires of the one doing the loving. So I'm loving somebody to get back some, something in return. Okay? It's not, it's self-pleasing. There may be elements of giving involved, but it is giving for the purpose of getting something in return. Both eros and philia. To most people, love denotes what? Eros. They're looking for this and believe that this is real love. Eros, outside of marriage, is sin according to the word of God. Eros, love, is sin according to the word of God, outside of marriage. So be careful, friends, because today the world has lost the true understanding and concept of love and has reduced love to mean more romance and sexual relationships. So the study says now, statistically, this is, this is statistics of February of 2020 in India, okay? 55% of married Indians have been unfaithful to their partners at least once. 55% of married Indians have been unfaithful to their partners at least once, of which 56% are women. That blew me away. I never thought, honestly. I thought it was men. But the statistics tell us, and this is a study done by the, the largest dating app in India. Okay, So I'm just letting you know how this world is functioning. And we should not be blind or we should not be ignorant of how the devil is working behind the scenes to trap people with the right verbiage. Valentine's Day, harm, harmless. But if you don't know your limitations and you are open to what the world is suggesting, you can, be a, you can be caught in the trap and later realize and wonder why and how did I get here? Are you with me, everybody? Okay. Watch this. Seven out of ten women cheat on spouses in India. Seven out of ten women uh, this is not made up by me. I just took it from the statistical report, okay? 
India's court has ruled adultery is no longer a crime. India's top court has ruled adultery is no longer a crime. But the court of heaven rules adul adultery is a punishable offense. This is very sobering. Majority mindset cannot change the mind of God. God is not threatened by men and women. His standards don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His morals don't change. His ethics don't change. His laws don't change. As much as we believe in grace, grace does not permit us to live an adulterous life. Can I get an amen on this? People who use grace to live a life that is cheap, sinful, are cowards. They don't have a strong backbone to stand up and say, grace is the power that gives me or enables me to overcome the temptation. Come on church. So you might start out with a harmless intention and get involved in a party today, tonight, somewhere, with all your official colleagues and friends and others, without even thinking evil, without even planning to get involved in something that could be harmful and hurtful to your soul and to your spirit man. But if you are not careful, and God said, separate yourselves. Come out from among them. Why? Because you can be trapped and you can be drawn into and find yourself doing things that you later realize were wrong. And can hurt, watch this, the most important relationship you have on this earth that is between you and your God. So be careful, church. I'm, as I said, and I began with these words, I'm not standing here to judge anybody. I'm only trying to give you understanding and so that I can warn you that you don't get sucked into something that can hurt you and harm you and cause pain to you between you and God and then later between you and your spouse because of what you had done. Say Amen. The third Greek word which we're all familiar with is the word agape which is self-sacrificing love, love that lacks self-interest, self-gratification and self-preservation. It's a giving love without really desiring something back in return. Whereas philia and eros are love expressed where you give, but you want something to get back in return. Okay? This is motivated primarily by interest and welfare of others. Now, in the New Testament, agape is the Greek word most frequently used for the love for God, the love for spouses, and the love for enemies. Whoa. So when God says love your enemies, he's saying agape your enemies. Well, that is not easy. That's where grace has to kick in. Come on. Because you can't do it in your own strength. You need divine strength. And that divine strength that you are supposed to do but you can't do comes because of God's grace. Say amen somebody. So it's a love for God. Whenever God's word is talking about the love for God or the love for your spouse, men, listen carefully. Women, listen carefully. Those that are married, we're supposed to love our spouses or express agape love. That means when you do something for your spouse, you don't do it because you can control them. Come on. So that you, you don't give something to manipulate them. 
but you'll give because you love unconditionally. Come on. Whether, you, whether they reward you back with whatever you desire or not is not the criteria. But you give it because you love. Even though you may feel like you're being cheated and you're not being rewarded, you still continue to love. And that's called agape love. Somebody say amen. Now, <clears throat> it means we act in a loving way towards others. We use our mind and our strength or our might for the benefit of another without regard for ourselves. Let me repeat that again. We use our minds and our might for the benefit of others without regard for ourselves. It's ba it is not based on feelings. When one of the spouses loses their cool, the other goes and kisses. That's what I'm talking about. Are you with me everybody? You're not repaying. You're doing it because you love. You're being very silent, I hope I'm getting to it. It's not based on how you feel, it's based on your commitment and love toward the person. So what am I trying to say? Love is more than an emotion or just a kind of affection. It is more than what your logical mind can comprehend. This morning I'm speaking particularly to married couples, those who are engaged to be married and those who are eligible to get married and are planning to get married. That means all those under 20 get disqualified now. Examine everything that I'm about to say. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives. If you look at the interlinear Bible, the word love there is agape. Husbands, agape your wives, even as Christ agape the church and gave himself for it. Husbands, agape your wives. You come home and the meal is not cooked. Agape your wife. You come home and you like your bed to be made but it's not made. Agape your wife. It's not easy friend. That is where you need grace. I, I really believe although you're not responding very well it's getting through to you. You know. Because everybody has certain things that they like to see happen in their home. I mean I don't want to tell you what I like. But whether I like it or not, and it, whether, I mean, what, whatever I like, whether it is done or not, whether it is in that manner, in that fashion or not, I have no excuse but to love my wife. Say amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.